Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and We are officially over the one-year mark with the show. We appreciate all the support and everyone that has tuned into the show so far. The growth of the podcast has been incredible, thanks to all of our listeners. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at D3NationPodcast, and you're subscribed to whatever platform you're listening on. We are excited to continue to bring you more Division Three content as we enter year two to our fan base and help it grow to continue to grow the D3 wrestling brand. Now we are officially kicking off year two with a solid episode. Our featured guest is Western New England head coach, Mike Sugarmeyer. This will be his seventh season as the head coach for the Golden Bears this coming season. He spent nine years with the program though, because he was an assistant coach for two years prior to taking over the helm. Mike has helped build Western New England into one of the top programs in the Northeast region and has sights on continuing their success at the national level. For his efforts, he was named Northeast Region Coach of the Year in 2020. Please give it up for Mike Sugarmeyer. Coach, uh, been a busy offseason for you. And a personal note, uh, big accomplishment for you. You just got married, so congratulations. Talk a little about the wedding and, uh, you know, obviously playing that during the pandemic. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, we, were, we were super excited, uh, my wife Alyssa and I and our families, May 29th was when we got married, and, and in Massachusetts, that was actually when all restriction, restrictions were lifted. Um, so we, we couldn't be more grateful for that, um, and we got to have, uh, it was a great wedding. We got to bring in um, a lot of our, our family and some of our closest friends together, so uh, it, it was great. That's awesome, man, yeah. Um, you know, it's been uh, obviously tougher, all that kind of stuff, so I'm glad you were able to get that. Did you have to postpone, did, were you supposed to get married last year and had to postpone it, or...? No, man. I mean, we, we really did luck out. I mean, this was the first time we scheduled it. And I mean, two months ago, we, we only could have had 25 people at the wedding. Oh, wow. Um, and then it increased to 100. So we decided to roll with that. And then it just, just like it happened to work out perfectly where on the day of our wedding is when Massachusetts dropped all guidelines or all restrictions. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, c- congrats again. That's awesome. And now let's get into now with your, your program, obviously on the rise, doing great things up in the, the Northeast Regional, Western New England. Um, obviously the Northeast though, didn't really have much of a year this year. So obviously a lot of ebbs and flows, what you guys could do, you talked about already, just the restrictions. So what was this year like for you guys? How, how are you guys able to get better as a program this past year? Yeah, it was definitely unique. Um, but there were a lot of some positives to it and that we were really grateful for. I mean, we got to start training as you guys know, with the NCAA guidelines, we, we started up October 1st. Um, and we were able to train almost in like our own little bubble on campus until, so the guys went home for um, at the end of the year, at the end of April. Um, so we were practicing year round. We, we, we spread our dates out, our days out to make sure that we, we took advantage of them all. Um, in between strength and conditioning and practicing, um, we got to really spend on, spend more time on, on situations and certain techniques that we typically don't have the opportunity to um, because, of, because of competition, right? 
Um, but with that being said, obviously competition is such a, a huge part of the process with development and growth um, that that was definitely something that we did miss out on. Um, but we, we feel like we did a good job as a staff really trying to make sure that we provided those opportunities still. Um, and we, we tried to simulate a lot of um, live situations in the room and do some inner squad duels and things like that um, to keep the guys competing um, and, and keep them able to, to continue to grow and improve. That's great. And then, uh, you know, it seems like the athletic department up there does a great job. They really support wrestling. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the, you know, tradition of Western New England and, you know, where, where you're trying to bring it back to. Because I know traditionally, it, you know, it, it was a powerhouse, um, you know, and then it was kind of kind of fell off a little bit. But now getting back into it. So um, just go there a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a real rich history of success um, with wrestling at Western New England. Um, my father actually helped start the program in 1974. Um, so I grew up around this program um, and I grew up watching Coach Skelton lead his guys to uh, some, some really impressive performances. Um, he had, he had always had guys getting out to the national tournament um, and he produces a lot of coaches too. So guys like Sebi Amato are the head coach at Trinity. Brian Bronk is the head coach at Messiah College. Um, so he, he had some great guys that did some really, really special things. Um, I mean, when I was in the 90s growing up, around Western New England and around the program, Rodney Smith won an Olympic bronze medal in 1992 and then was team captain um, in Atlanta in 1996. Um, so I, I always knew that Western New England could be successful um, and I got to watch that firsthand. Um, so when I, when I took over the program and when I first got here as an assistant, um, I knew that you could win here at Western New England. Um, and it was always my goal to help elevate and bring that program back to where Coach Skelton um, and my father and the guys before us that, that kind of paved the way for success um, to, to get us back to that level. Awesome. So uh, you kind of touched on a little bit there um, with your New England roots. And I know Gennaro wants to get into a little bit too. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of, you kind of hit on that a little bit. Um, so just kind of talk about you growing up in the New England area, you know, a little bit, your wrestling background there and how, you know, you've been around your whole life. What was that experience like? And, uh, whenever you were going through the, the ranks uh, of high school, did you want to stay in that area for college to, to wrestle? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've always been a big fan of New England wrestling. Um, I'm a product of it, as you said, from the youth level all the way to, to college. Um, and I really believe, and I always, I always did, that the best kids in New England could compete with anybody. Um, it's obviously continued to improve consistently each year. And, and I think where we are at right now, uh, we're probably the best that we've ever been when it comes to youth wrestling, to high school, to college, um, to the club scene, um, to what's going on with, with the national teams in Connecticut and stuff with freestyle and Greco-Roman. Um, there's a lot of great things happening. Um, not to mention that Mass in Connecticut, and I believe a couple other states in New England are now sanctioning girls wrestling at the high school level. Um, so there's a lot of awesome. growth and a lot of opportunity. Um, so it, it's something, I mean, now as a coach, right, I, I, I recruit New England really, really hard. And I, I believe that those kids can okay. compete at the highest level. Cool. And then, you know, for people, for listeners that don't know, uh, do you want to describe uh, New England wrestling uh, to the, view, the the listeners? That's just because each state has their own state tournament, but then there's a qualification for the big New England's, correct? That's, am I saying that right? Yeah, correct. So um, all the New England states um, come together and they all have a certain amount of qualifiers that go on to the New England tournament. Um, and each state, obviously, is not as deep as some of your 
um, your popular wrestling states like New Jersey and Pennsylvania, Ohio, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But when you get to that New England tournament and you're, you're bringing all those states together, um, the best kids, they can wrestle uh, and they can wrestle against anyone. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun when you bring all those state champs together and they compete for, for one tournament and those, those state finalists and things like that. Um, the New England tournament, it's, it's, a, it's a prestigious tournament. It's a lot of fun to, to recruit at. It's a lot of fun to be a part of a student athlete. Um, it's a pretty special event. Yeah. And uh, how many states in the New England area qualify for um, the New England tournament? So you have Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when people see, you know, a viewer, a, a Connecticut state champ, obviously it's still a big deal, but then like what, you qualify for the New England tournament and then that's like the big show pretty much. That's like pretty much everyone else's state tournament in a lot of people's eyes. Would you say that? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, when I compare, when I'm starting my recruiting spreadsheets and looking at kids in the, in the beginning of juniors and stuff like that and, I look at New England tournament, like the New York state tournament, like the New Jersey state tournament, like the Pennsylvania state tournament. Yeah. Um, and that's really how I'm able to kind of uh, to gauge and see where kids are at. Yeah, definitely. It's a good measuring stick. And from, from what I watch and follow, I mean, obviously it's a little bit of out of our recruiting area um, there. You, like you said, there's some hammers um, that come out of there. One kid that comes to mind that rest of the D three level was at Williams, uh, that Chorper He was a New England kid. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, and then uh, I think that Kamari Thomas as well from J-Wu. Yep, actually, uh, funny story about both of them. Um, Camry Thomas and Chris Rozeppa actually grew up going to the same club that I grew up going to, um, Northeast Elite. Um, and that club is, oh, is cool. Yeah, Small world. Yeah, that club's no longer around anymore. Coach Powers um, retired back in 2014. Um, but, I mean, the impact that he had on New England wrestling and the amount of kids that he produced that went off to wrestle at the college level – um, is incredible. I mean, you, you could name a list of kids that are still competing in college that wrestled for him at the youth level. I mean, guys like uh, Ryan Luth, Mike Ross, Ryan Montero. Um, there's a ton of them. The, the Valero brothers, um, Don Malone. There's a there's a ton of them. That's, what was that club based out of? What state, what state was that in? That was Enfield, Connecticut, which actually uh, Springfield, uh, Massachusetts is right on the, the Connecticut line. So that wasn't okay. a far drive. So, that's, so you probably got a lot of guys from each state then. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Um, so you're kind of moving forward now with you. So you were, as you were wrapping up uh, your high school career, how was the recruiting? What was the recruiting like? Um, obviously, you said you loved the New England area. So I'm sure you're looking at all those schools. You wind up at Rhode Island. So just kind of dive into that, the recruiting process and how you ended up at Rhode Island. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up thinking that I was going to go to Western New England my entire life. Um, but unfortunately, when Coach Skelton retired, uh, my dad's coach, um, there was a there was changing of coaches every couple of years and there wasn't too much consistency. And the okay. academic part was there. Right. I, I grew up knowing about the, the College of Business because my dad was a, a, still is a business professor here. Um, the College of Engineering, uh, law school, we now have pharmacy. So the academics were always there. Um, but at the time, unfortunately, like like uh, Anthony said, there, there was a little bit of a, uh, of a drop-off. And so I, I knew I could accomplish my, my academic goals here, but I wasn't sure if, if quite the wrestling was there. So at the time, I wanted to be a, a high school guidance counselor and a wrestling coach. Um, and I went to Rhode Island College. Um, they had a great uh, uh, psychology and school counseling program. Um, and they also were a very competitive program. Uh, Michael Benora mm-hmm. had just won a national title in, in 2008, and they were they were coming off winning a New England championship as, as a program. 
Um, so I really felt like it was a place where I was going to be able to grow and succeed and have great training partners um, and also get the degree that I wanted, right, to, to set myself up to be a coach and to, uh, to at the time, wanted to work in the high school system as, as a guidance counselor. Um, yeah, no, it, it was a great opportunity and a great experience. And um, I don't think I would be in the, the position that I'm in today without those experiences. So I, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, very cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of comes full circle now. You're the head man at West New England. So everything happens for a reason. And um, I'm sure you're happy where you're at now and the position you're at now. Um, so you finished at Rhode Island College. Did you, you, so you said you want to be a high school guidance counselor and uh, a wrestling coach. Correct. So now you're a college coach. I don't know if you have counseling duties or anything at West New England. Um, but did you, so obviously you were transitioning to try and do that. How did you wind up in the college coaching? Did you, did you know that was something you wanted to do right away or kind of just fell on your lap? Yeah, I, I always knew it's what I wanted to do. Um, my father actually being a, a working in academics and as a professor, my mom was a, 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 still is a school teacher. Um, obviously, there was a high emphasis in my family growing up on, on getting an education. Um, and they, what do you want to do when you get older, right? And I was a kid and I always said, I want to be a wrestling coach. <laughs> my dad always said, well, you got to do something else. You can't just be a wrestling coach, right? Uh. Um, so that's where I came up with being a, a school counselor because I knew I would have the hours and flexibility to be able to do it. And I was still helping kids in, in other aspects of their lives, right? Um, so now it's just my dad and I joke all the time. It's just kind of... Uh, um, it's, it's, it's funny that now I actually am just coaching wrestling and that's what I'm doing for a living. <laughs> and I get to come to work every single day and love what I'm doing. Um, and, um, it, it's the best job in the world, right? It definitely is, man. Definitely is. So, um, were you transitioning to be just a coach at Rhode Island first or did Western, Western New England open up kind of as you were finishing up at Rhode Island? Yeah. So I started uh, applying for assistant jobs um, and looking around and applying to grad schools as well for school counseling. I applied to Rhode Island College for the, the school counseling program. Um, and I started looking around to other local colleges and things like that, just looking for the, like the best fit, right? Just like when uh, a high school senior is looking for the right fit for them in college, I almost felt like I was doing that again. Like, where do I want to continue the next step of my life? Um, and I had a past relationship with the current head coach, Ted Banks at Western New England. Um, he was actually a Western New England alum. And when I grew up around the area and grew around the program because of my father, um, I spent my summers training in the Western New England room at their camps and their clinics and stuff like that. Um, at the time, it was Coach Nieves, who's now at East Stroudsburg, um, that was running those. Um, so I knew Ted for a long, long time. Um, when I was in high school, he was a mentor to me and a college guy that I could look up to. Um, and he knew about my ties to the program. And um, he invited me on to, to be an assistant coach. And right away, I mean, that was a no-brainer, right? Um, I had some mm -hmm. other opportunities that I could, that I had, I could have taken, but that this one to be able to come back to, to Western Massachusetts and to work towards elevating the program that my father started almost 40 years ago. Um, to me, that was a home run. Definitely, definitely a home run. And uh, like Anthony said earlier, I mean, you're doing a great job. The program's on the rise. So kudos to you. Yeah. So coach, let's get into it. Uh, kind of like the, your transition into college coaching, you know, you take the assistant job and you're assistant for two years and then all of a sudden, boom, you become the head coach at Western New England. So talk about that process a little bit. Did you did you know it was going to be like so quick, like when you got the assistant job or, you know, um, you know, you're very young, your coaching career. And, you know, it's tough to land those head coaching jobs. So just talk about that process. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to come so quick. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity that 
Um, Ted Banks gave me to be the assistant coach. I always will be. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that our administration at the time did by trusting me at such a young age to take over at the program. Um, I didn't think that it was going to happen that fast. Um, and I didn't know if it was going to be at Western New England. Um, I actually had just recently started up a club, Bay State Wrestling. Um, and my thought process was, hey, I want to get experience running my own program while being an assistant at Western New England, um, but also give back to the local community um, and provide an opportunity for local kids in Western Massachusetts to compete at a high level. Um, so I was really, really involved in the club scene as well as being the assistant coach here. Um, and I was enjoying it and loving it. Um, and then the, the opp opportunity came um, and I interviewed for the job and, and got it. And um, I couldn't be more grateful for that. Yeah, it's awesome. And it kind of comes like, uh, you know, small world. Cause I'm pretty sure me and you were both in the same leadership Academy group that summer when you got, I think you got the head coaching job when you were in the leadership Academy. Is that correct? Yeah. I actually was going through the interview process when you and I met down at the, uh, the leadership Academy. So yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't been offered it yet, but I had just finished my interview and then I flew down to Fort Lauderdale and that's where we, we met. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, just kind of like running back, like, and in then, in you know, kind of the time lapse of what when we were meeting. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, and you know, what a better Academy too, becoming a head coach to kind of kind of learn. I think the leadership Academy, the NWCA does a great job with that. So big shout out to them there, but. No, I absolutely you, do. They, I mean, I, I, I think back on my time and my experiences at that, especially as such a young coach. Um, I mean, I, I still look at my binder and that I have from that and flip back and I'm so thankful. My mentor there was, was Marty Nichols at Ithaca and he was great to me and the amount of coaches that I got to meet down there, Bill Racious from Ursinus and guys that I could pick up the phone and call because of the relationships that I made when I was down there. I mean, um, it was an amazing experience and I, I recommend it to, to any young coach or any coach at all. Oh yeah, any any young coach for sure. Um, Obviously, it's been a little bit tough these last two years because of the pandemic. But, uh, but you know, I'm sure they're going to get back to that and highly recommend to all the young coaches out there. And, you know, it's easy. To ju you just got to get a recommendation from any mentors that you have. For me, uh, when I was down there, Dave Mitchell from Luther, also a great guy. Um, he was a great mentor to have down there. And he runs a great program out at Luther College. So, again, highly, rec highly recommend. But um, as, as now you're putting the hat on as the head coach, or some honestly a big thing for you. You had a lot of familiarity with Western New England with the program, so that was a huge plus. But honestly, as you know, a lot of responsibilities come with that head coach hat. What was some big things that are going into it? Like, oh man, like I wish I knew more of this, or I'm a, I'm afraid of this, or uh, so just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, as you said, I, I had a, a big advantage with having a lot of familiarity with the, the university um, and a lot of people too, right? The, the relationships that I had were, were huge to help me get started. Um, and that there wasn't too many things that, that I was worried about. Um, I really believe that we could be successful here from, from day one. Um, I mean, like I said, I grew up knowing about the academics with our great uh, college of business and engineering and pharmacy and law, and it's a beautiful campus. Um, the kids get incredible internship opportunities. And I mean, my, my father is, is an alum, all, so a lot of his friends are Western New England wrestling alums, and I've seen how well they've done in their lives and their careers. So I knew it was a product and an education that I could really get behind and that I could support. Um, not to mention from the wrestling side, like I said, like Coach Skelton, they had a real rich history of success. Um, we had guys like Rodney Smith, I know I mentioned him earlier, but the guy went on to, to win an Olympic bronze medal. Um, and we had guys like the Solomon brothers and Jesse Morrison and Abdul Shabazz, and I mentioned Brian Bronk, like, tons of great wrestlers that have come through the program that I knew that I just needed to get in here 
and I had to find student athletes that were like-minded and had the same vision and goal and wanted to work hard um, and that good things were going to happen. Yeah. So I'll say that recruiting piece and gain those and, you know, bringing that talent back to the roster was huge and you really have helped re-energize that golden bear program, bring it back. Um, so on top of the recruiting piece, what are some other things that you did as a head coach to really develop that culture, develop that mindset to, you know, Hey, like you can win here and uh, you can compete at a high level at the national level. Yeah. So the first step I guess was, I mean, after it was about two decades, we hadn't had a winning season since 1999. Um, so the, the first thing that I had to do really was get on the road and kind of convince club coaches and people in our wrestling community. And I started by doing it right here in Western Mass and then out into New England that, hey, like sharing my story, sharing my vision, right? Um, so that coaches would then trust me with sending their kids to continue their education and wrestling career at Western New England. Um, so I spent a lot, a lot of days on the road and, and bumping around to clubs and going to high school programs and meeting with different coaches and developing relationships that way. Um, and then obviously getting to, to get to know the kids and, and, and meet the right student athletes. Um, so that, that was one piece that was, was huge for us. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. And I think it's definitely important, you know, any coach that's taking over a new program for those local guys, the local coaches to build that trust, you know, yep. get to those clubs you know, I know for Joe and I, we did the same thing here in New Jersey and New Jersey, the club wrestling scene is incredible too, but them understanding like, Hey, this is a place you can get a great education, you know, and, and achieve your goals on the mat, which, you know, with your results, you guys have, have proven that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't be more grateful to my first two recruiting classes. Right. So um, my first two, first class that I, that I ever recruited as a head coach, I mean, that had John Boyle and it had Ryan gears in it. It had Alex Starr in it. Uh, Dominic LaCorey, all guys that were regional place winners for us, national qualifiers, scholar, all Americans. Um, then my second class had, had kids like Nicholas Arborio and Ryan Montero and Justin DeLucia, um, all kids that really, I mean, I mean, I made a promise to them, right? I, I sold the academic piece to them and I sold our past and our history. Um, and I, I, I promised them, Hey, when you guys are upperclassmen, we will be back to where we were. Like we aren't there yet, but you guys can be the face of this program for the next few years. Um, and they really bought into what we were doing and they bought into the process. And those guys have now paved the way for us to be back to where we want to be and hopefully to continue to climb in and, and surpass where we once were. Um, and I've talked about a lot about the academic programs and a lot about um, the, like our facilities and things like that. But I don't know if you guys have seen our wrestling room. We have just shy of, of 4,000 square feet of wrestling mats. We have a full bar, uh, weight room connected to it. Um, so I, I knew the tools were there. I knew the resources were there. The academic programs were here. The facilities for levels for athletes to train at a high level were here. It was just finding those guys and identifying them and the right families to be a part of our program and, and work with us towards achieving those goals. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, um, and again, a lot of just hard work and grinding for you. Um, and it's awesome to see another school in the Northeast uh, you know, really rising to the occasion and, and uh, you know, sending guys to compete at the national level. Um, and I know a big piece for you too. So I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when you took over the program, you were just a part-time head coach. Is that correct? Yeah. So I took the program over as a, a part-time coach in, in 2015 and I wasn't full-time until 2018. Um, but what I did actually, when I, when I got the, the, the job, I applied to every single full-time job on campus. Um, so I actually ended up landing a full-time job working in audiovisual and in the information technology department. Um, so I was on campus full-time, 
but I had a full-time job that I had to do. Um, so basically with that, I mean, I was grinding, right? So I, I would get here and I would do my individual lessons with the guys at six o'clock in the morning. And then I would shower up at the athletic complex and go across campus and start fixing projectors and microphones from eight to four o'clock. Um, yeah. I, would, I would schedule the recruit tours with admissions and then I would meet for them with, for 45 minutes on my lunch break. And then I'd go back to, to my IT job. And then after that, I would, I would pop back up to the wrestling room for practice at 4.30. Wow, what a schedule that is. Um, that's amazing. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, for our listeners, it's important to share too, like that type of schedule. And now when three years later, you become the full-time coach, I think it's important for administrators and, you know, cause there's, there's some schools still that have part-time head coaches. So talk about the difference of, you know, all the positive becoming a full-time head coach and the difference it brought to, to your program. Yeah. Uh, athlete development and being there for our student athletes and all aspects of the lives is, is what I think the biggest improvement was. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I still did that, but I had to come in, the guys had to come in at 6am if they want to do an individual lesson with me, or then we had to stay really late after practice. Um, so now being available for my guys at all times where we can, my office right now, I'm looking out at our wrestling room. Um, I can finish up something and the guys can get out of class and we can hop on the mats and we can do film and we can work together. Um, and then off the mats, right. I, I can help guys identify tutors when they need them or internships and really be involved in every aspect of their lives. Um, where before, I mean, like I said, I had a lot of other duties and I was busy and I wasn't as accessible. So now being able to be there with them is huge. Um, and I, I mean, it all is possible because of our administrative support, right? Um, I, I couldn't be more grateful for our administration. Um, actually, shortly before I became um, full-time, our athletic director, Matt LeBranch, came in and, and took over the program. And he had been an extremely successful baseball coach here. Um, I believe he brought a few, uh, his baseball team to the, the World Division Three World Series a few times. Um, so he knows what it takes to win at the Division Three level, um, and, and he wants to win. Um, so to have an administrator in our entire administration that has the same visions and goals and aspirations as our coaching staff and the, as our student athletes and even as our alumni, like a lot of a lot of good things are able to happen because of that with us all being on the same page. That's an awesome. And, and maybe touch on a little bit more, too. So obviously you're the full time head coach and break down the rest of the coaching staff for us. I know you you uh, have a graduate assistant position uh, as well, part of that staff. But talk about a little bit other coaches that help out with your program. For sure. For sure. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because I owe so much to to a few of them. Um, first and foremost, um, Pat Sullivan has been my right hand man since the day I got here as the head coach. Um, and Pat was actually another product of Northeast Elite under Coach Powers. We grew up going to that club together. Um, as we know, I went off to Rhode Island. Pat went up to uh, Cornell um, and wrestled there from 2009 to 2013. Um, he was a, a 65 pounder. So think about the guys that were came through the Cornell program um, that he was in there training with every single day. Um, so Pat brings a wealth of knowledge from a great program and has great experiences that he's brought to our program. Um, and he's involved in, in every aspect of our program. Um, and I, I couldn't be more grateful to have him on with us. Um, and then the other one is Dwayne Dawson. Um, Dwayne has been, he's an alumni, he wrestled here, and he's been on staff for, for 30 years. So he's been through it, through the, the good, the bad, the good, the great times, the hard times, everything in the program. Um, and he's been the glue that's kept it together. Um, through all the coaching changes, the head coaches and things like that, one thing's been consistent, um, and that's been Dwayne Dawson. And he went from being someone that was, was a coach of mine growing up um, to someone that I looked up to, to a mentor, um, to now obviously he's on staff with me and he's now a great friend um, and I'm truly blessed and grateful to have him still with me. 
Um, and then another one, obviously, my father's still involved in the program. Um, he's what we call our faculty fellow. Um, so what a faculty fellow is at Western New England is it's a liaison between the academic world and the athletics world. So someone that was a student athlete in their sport. Um, so he, he knows what the guys need to go through. Um, and he's there to help them, whether it's helping us find them tutors, helping them with their with building their schedules, anything like that. Um, so he's been huge with helping us maintain a high GPA within our program. Um, so th those are some guys that have, have really been with me since since day one. That's outstanding. And it's, it's just kind of cool to, to, to see how like the mentors you had growing up, obviously that family, family connection with your dad too. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, what else could, could you ask for to have so many people that support you growing up and still around you to help, to help you build this, this program? Yeah. And uh, my dad actually married one of his teammates' sisters, uh, my mom. So we, I have Western New England alumni on, on both sides of my family. Wow. So the Golden Bears, they run deep they, in we, that, in that family. Uh, it goes even further, actually. Uh, Ryan Montero, Anthony Montero, and Sean Montero. Ryan was a, um, a, a two-time qualifier for us as a sophomore and a junior. Um, was looking to have a, a big uh, season as a senior this year. Um, but his father and his uncle also wrestled on the first, pro, uh, first team with my dad and my uncle. Wow. Wow. Love that. Love the connections in the Division Three world. That's what makes Division Three athletics just such a great landscape and great, you know, platform for student athletes that, you know, make it that D1 or D2 level. You know, you can still, you know, have great relationships your entire life. So it's just cool to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked about a little bit about the importance of that uh, recruiting class. And one guy, obviously, that stands out, John Boyle. Um, he was a huge part to to show that success at the national level. I know when you first got in, you had Austin Cisco. He was part of your program and then obviously ended up missing nationals and transferring to SUNY Oneonta State and finished up his career in grand fashion. Um, but uh, but before, be, when Cisco left, you had Boyle come in and he jumped onto the scene right away. I know an injury kind of sidelined him a little bit, but then he really burst onto the scene um, you know, his sophomore and obviously his junior year winning a national title. So how important was John Boyle to your program? And, uh, you know, how much did that do for you guys? Uh, I mean, words can't really put into, uh, okay, there's no words set for it, right? Um, we believed in John right away and John believed in himself. And I mean, this is a kid that never won a state title in Massachusetts, never placed in the New Englands. And he came in and ended up being a three-time All-American and national champion um, in college. Um, his brothers wrestled Division One at Air Force and Sacred Heart, and that was originally the path that he was looking to go. Um, he wanted to uh, be in the Air Force, and he wanted to be an, an engineer. So we sold uh, our, our Army or Air Force ROTC and electrical engineering, and, and being able to command and compete at a high level and compete for a national title. Um, and John believed in, in what we had to say from the start. He, he trusted us that we would be able to help him get there. Um, and he came in and just did the, everything right. Right? He lived a championship lifestyle. Um, he was balancing being an electrical engineer, Air Force ROTC, and, and obviously training at, at an extremely high level. Um, so for him to come in and then win a national title, he really showed the rest of the guys a part of our program that like, hey, you can do it. And we preached that, right? We talked about the Rodney Smiths and, and the Gary and Brian Solomons and all the greats that came before him, but those guys didn't see it. They saw it on the banners um, and that they heard us talk about it, but they didn't see it like I did when I was growing up here. And for them to see one of their peers, one of their teammates go out and win a title, it really uh, it motivated a lot of them. Um, and, it, and it showed the rest of the guys in our team that you can do it, but also 
the rest of, of the region, right? And, and hopefully the rest of the country that, hey, you can win national titles at Western New England. Um, and I think it had an impact not only on our program, but other student athletes here. Because um, John was not only the first national champion for wrestling, but that was the first national championship in any sport at, at the university. Yeah, it's amazing. I remember uh, reading those releases when, when he got the job done. And um, I'm sure, uh, you know, that moment is a huge highlight of, of your life and, and also your coaching career. But I remember going into it, he wrestled a very familiar opponent in uh, Ashcraft from Ithaca. I felt like every time we saw you guys at a tournament, they were wrestling each other in the finals. And uh, so talk a little bit about, about, about that moment leading up to that finals match. And then obviously being on the big stage with, you know, such a familiar opponent, that's, that's tough to do to wrestle somebody so many times. And they wrestled a lot. Yeah. I, th I think John was two and five against uh, Jake and, and Jake is an incredible talented athlete. Um, but those two wins came two, in March. Yep. Two wins were always in March. John beat him. I mean, they're always, I mean, actually his first match that he ever wrestled against him there as freshman, I believe John got pinned pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, um, Ashcraft then, did that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he did that a lot. Um, but then each year he started to close the gap. And then by the end of his sophomore year, um, we, uh, he had him with a beautiful knee pick in, in the quarters, um, had to put into his back to advance to the semifinals. And, and then as a junior, he saw him in the finals. And, uh, I mean, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a lot of fun match. I mean, looking in the corner, it was, there was a lot of emotions going obviously, but looking back and watching it, I mean, it, it so much action. Um, and, there was a lot of challenges and bricks being thrown and it went to overtime and John had a lot of, uh, he was a judo guy, a lot of, uh, a lot of control ties and underhooks and things like that. And it was a great hand fighter. Um, and he ended up actually winning by just shooting a, a double leg about 20 seconds into the, the overtime. Yeah, no, it was a crazy exchange. I mean, there was some wild scrambles in that match. Just, just the type of wrestler that Ashcraft was. I mean, he was so dominant and uh, you know, just, you know, great job to him to make those adjustments. And like you said, close the gap, um, you know, and, and then and here you got our West New England individual national champ. It was, it was great to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, now we've got John, he's, he's, we have a mural of Rodney Smith in our wrestling room, right. To, to celebrate our Olympian. We have all of our all American blacks. And now we have that national champ mural too. John's pictures there. And that's something that our guys now every single day can look up at and strive for as well. I mean, we had in 2020 when it was it canceled and we had, we had three guys out there and, and John Boyle being the returning champ and Nick Arborio was the three seed and Ryan Montero at 157 had, had wins over several All-Americans, including the returning national finalist. Uh, we had three guys that were going out there that we believed and they believed could compete to, to win a national title. Um, so now to be able to have guys like that in our program um, and, and continue to strive to have more guys like that, it's, it's pretty special. Yeah, it's a lot of guys scoring points out there. Um, I'm not too familiar. You probably know, but in 2019, when, when uh, he won it, um, what, what was what you guys finish in the country? We finished 15th that year, um, and we had we had two qualifiers, him and Ryan Ryan Montero. Okay, awesome. And uh, obviously, that's I'm not sure if that's the highest in program history, but highest in recent years. Yeah, and, second and second highest. We we uh, or actually tied. We I believe we did that in the back in the uh, 80s. Okay. And then obviously, you know, I think everyone was looking 2020, you have those three guys out there scoring a lot of points, Montero, you know, the experience, um, you're looking to do that. So kind of moving forward now, what, what's the vision for your program? Obviously, you know, 15th in the country that year, um, you guys competed well out at national duels. What are you guys looking to do as a program moving forward now? Yeah. So you, you kind of said it perfectly. I mean, our, our goal for the last few years has been to crack the top 10. 
Um, and, and we really thought that we were going to be able to do that in, in 2020. Um, obviously, there's a lot of programs that, that lost that opportunity. Um, we weren't the only ones. Um, so the goal is continue to, to continue to work and, and break that top 10. That's the next step. I mean, we, we were 27th in, in 2018, 15th in 2019. Uh, prior to the cancellation in 2020, we were, we were ranked 18th. Um, and this year, going into the year, we were, we were ranked as high as 12th. Um, so we want to get back to that point where we can um, compete to be in the top 10 and, and ultimately compete for a team trophy. Um, and that's what, what we've been working for. And, and that's what we hope to do. Um, and I think we have uh, a lot of talent coming in to be able to do it. Um, we're very, very grateful to have Nick Arborio returning uh, as a grad student as he gets his MBA. Um, because aside from Nick, with, with graduating two classes, we're going to have uh, eight, eight guys that are going to be competing for starting positions that have, have never started before. Um, our 25 and our 33 are, are pretty much the two guys that have starting experience and regional experience and national experience. Um, and the rest of them are going to be new faces. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun um, and a lot of opportunities for young guys to come in and step up and make their mark. That's great. So a lot of new faces in that, in that lineup, but I'm sure you guys are going to do hit the ground running and, and do a great job building that, that depth like you always have. And um, you have great guys around that program. So you guys are, are doing a great job. Um, and that Northeast regional is, uh, has been very impressive. You know, obviously what Johnson Wells has been doing recently, Coast Guard is coming up. Uh, you know, the depth in that region is really growing. It absolutely is. And it's been a lot of fun to be a part of. Um, obviously when my, my senior year of college was actually the first year that we switched to the regional format. Um, so my first few years in college, um, to qualify for the, the national championships, you had to win the New England conference. And then there was a couple of wild cards. Um, and then the regional started. And ever since that regional started and being able to put three out to, to nationals, um, our, our region has continued to, to improve. Um, and obviously we've, we've had a lot of success out there at, at the national tournament since then as well. I mean, based on the old system, when I, when I grew up and I was in New England, John might have never qualified for nationals. He never won a regional title. Yeah, that's uh, a great point. Now he's a three-time All-American. I mean, it just shows that like what kids are able to do when you actually give them the opportunity. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, it's great to see Division Three wrestling continue to grow. I know we're adding more teams next year. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see if we continue to build that NCAA, that championship format, because, you know, there's so many good guys in Division Three, And sometimes it's it's tougher to qualify for Division Three nationals than actually placing out there. Like just getting to the, the, the field itself is a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. I mean, every year you see it at some weight classes where there's some some really, really good kids that are left home. All, I mean, all returning all Americans that get left home. Um, it's it's tough. Yeah. I mean, and now we both share the duty of being on the rankings committee and, you know, we get to see more in depth from each region how good some of these weight classes are. And yeah, it, it's just impressive. So you really have to be on for that weekend. So uh, it's great to see, though, the, the competitive level continue to grow. So absolutely. Um. All right. So cool. As, as we're wrapping up here now, you know, obviously you guys that guest on our show uh, that have the division three wrestling background, you were a division three wrestler and now you're a division three coach. We'd like to do give you some time to kind of put in the words, like a little testimonial, you know, what the division three wrestling model has done for you and athletics wise. Uh, so if you could kind of, uh, you know, in a few senses talk about what division three means to you. Yeah, I mean, Division Three to me, it allows student athletes to be able to grow and succeed in all aspects of their lives, right? I mean, we have guys that are able to come here and, and fully dive into their academic majors, to internships, to jobs, and to wrestling. They don't have to pick. I mean, I've had guys that have gone through 
um, internships with big four accounting firms while competing. Uh, I had a guy that, uh, Alex Starr, he was actually in grad school, working full time for, for Deloitte um, and finishing up his final year of eligibility and, and wrestling and, and becoming an academic All-American and regional place winner. Uh, we talked about John earlier, who was a part of Air Force ROTC, electrical engineering and competing at a high level. Um, so it really, it really just provides an opportunity and a platform for where kids don't have to pick. Like they don't have to decide they want to just be great at engineering or just be great at wrestling. They can do it all, right? You, you can get a great education. You can compete at a high level and you can make sure that you get the experiences and the opportunities that you want that's going to set you up for the rest of your life. And I mean, that's what I love about now being a coach in Division Three is being involved in every aspect of these kids' lives, um, whether it's, it's academically, uh, on the wrestling mat, or even socially, helping kids get internships, um, helping them find tutors, helping them with just like daily life obstacles and hurdles and just being there for them through it all, um, not just on the wrestling mat. And obviously it's great and we, we want kids that wanna come in that wanna compete for national title. But we also want kids that want to have high aspirations to, to go on and do great things off the wrestling mat and in our, in our local community and, and beyond. 